Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. Somebody say this, child of God. Now, we're going to put this under the banner of Occupy because that's just the theme. Um, at this point, you know, it was a message, but now it's just a theme for the year. Um, the word of the Lord for us is Occupy. And in other words, here, I want us to understand that we all, how many of you realise this, that there are seven ways to slice the cake on the return of the Lord Jesus Christ? All right. Um, and I say seven ways to slice the cake on the return of the Lord Jesus Christ because there are seven different views or eight different views on what that looks like. Some believe we'll be caught up in the air and no, no, wait, wait, don't get excited yet. Let me finish what I was about to say. Some believe we'll be caught up in the air, we'll meet Him and then we'll immediately come down. That's the doctrine that's preached out there and we will be ruling and reigning on earth for a thousand years. Um, I'm just saying, there's, and some believe it's a, a, a pre-trip, some believe mid-trip, some believe post-trip. Uh, you know, everywhere a trip, trip, everywhere a trip. Oh, McDonald had a farm. There's a lot of... There's a lot of different views. Now, now I'm going to say this. We are, I've grown up and, and this is what I'm saying. I don't just believe what I believe because I grew up being told that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. I have to have my own relationship with the Lord. If we, will, if we will approach God just purely on the basis of everything we've been taught and told, then you have no revelation of that truth for yourself. Why do you believe that truth? And it may be very well the truth, but why do you believe that truth? Is it established in your heart by the spirit of revelation? Because if it's not, it's just theology that you've given agreement to. Bottom line. Okay? So sometimes it's not to question because we want to question. It's to understand why I believe that. Amen and get the revelation from God. Amen. So there's different ways that we can look at it. The bottom line is that throughout every way that the pie can be sliced up, every one of them believes in the return of the Lord. What the return of the Lord looks like may differ. We believe that we're gonna be caught up in the air with Him. Come on, right? The dead in Christ shall rise first. So that means the Baptists will go first. I'm joking, that's a joke. It's a joke, it's a joke. I'm just joking. All right. <laughs> ah, Lord have mercy. That's a joke. All right. Uh, I hope that didn't go on live stream. <laughs> so, all right. But the point is, is that, is that every one of them believes that Jesus is coming. So I say this, I, I, while I believe in a pre-trib rapture of the church, I am not so caught up into it that um, I've got my suitcases packed up at home and I'm ready to, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. I'm not trying to fly away, y'all. I'm not trying to fly away. We shouldn't be trying to fly away out of here. You see, the church has told us that... You, you, the, the, <laughs> Most of the church, 
in the Western world, and of course it's creeping into the Eastern side of the world, most of the Western church, I'm not saying most, a big number of the church has been, uh, has church on a Sunday morning where people are lining up every single Sunday to talk about how Jesus set them free from their past. But the rest of their life now that they're saved is hell on earth until they get on out of here, glory to God. That's the, that's the revelation. That's the, the sum total of the theology. That's the way that they act. I mean, life is a bitter place full of terrible things that happened. My dog died last week. My pet pigeon died the week before. I mean, I need to get on out of here. This world is full of craziness. Now listen to what I'm saying. That's half of the gospel. You realise that we're functioning on half of a revelation when we just stop there. In fact, let me go ahead and say what that revelation looks like so I can paint a better picture for us before I move on. That revelation is the welcome mat to the house called destiny. No, you never heard me. I said that revelation is the welcome mat to the house called destiny. And we have our entire revelation and theology established based on a welcome mat. Um, we're sitting, we're camped out at the welcome mat, but we never go into the house of God's purpose and destiny for our lives. One portion, which is very important. You cannot get the second without the first. So while this thing that we understand that we may be camp at is extremely important and we cannot do without it. Because that secured salvation for you for all eternity. Do you understand what I'm saying? And there's no buts and ifs, that's extremely important. But half of the gospel is what you were saved from. The other half of the gospel is what you're saved for. Are you with me? Half of the gospel is what you have been saved from, but the other half is what you've been saved for. You've been saved from darkness, but you've been saved for a purpose. That's right. Come on. You've been saved for destiny. God's got a divine destiny for every one of you. Are you with me? So while we believe all of that, we also believe in pantheology that no matter what, we all agree in the room that Jesus is returning. What that looks like, I, I'm not here to argue with you. I'm not here to prove my point because every one of them will tell you that their biblical point is true and yours is not true. So we're not gonna get into that. Amen. Let's stick with what we do know. What do we know? What do we absolutely know to be truth? Occupy until I come. What do we absolutely know? Be doing the will of the Father until He comes. So our job isn't to pack our suitcases. We shouldn't be postured with suitcases packed. We should be occupying because even until He comes, there will still be transactions. There will be buying. There will be selling. Life does not stop. We continue to buy. We continue to sell. We continue to trade. We continue to do business. We continue to occupy the earth, taking kingdom territory by the authority that's been given to us by Him. 
until He comes. Yeah. So our job now is to take as many with us. Amen. Don't become so dogmatic and legalistic on what that all looks like. Just forget about all of that stuff. You're so caught up there. It's like, you know, it's like these theological brains sitting around a boardroom table arguing back and forth about their way is right, my way is right, this one's right, that. And meantime, all the way around in the world, there's people going to hell in a handbasket. So the greater truth says, occupy till He comes. Be busy doing the will of the Father. Not be busy sitting, discussing theologically behind a table while nothing's getting done out there. Are you with me? So that's our word of the Lord. Occupy until it's come. Take territory. That's right. Kick some devil butt. Amen. <laughs> that's right. Come on. Amen. Now I'm not, I'm not poking into your belief system. That's not what I'm doing. I really am not. Amen. I'm saying more power to you, but don't make that your main focus. That's, right. that's not a good spiritual diet. You cannot feast on a diet of end time eschatology. That's not the fullness of the Word of God. That is a portion of the Bible. It is not the beginning and the end of the Bible. And you can't feast. You cannot grow spiritually just from understanding end time eschatology. It's important, but it's not everything there is to know. Come on. Somebody say this, child of God. Say, I am a child of God. Say it one more time. I am a child of God. And I'll just say one more thing and then I'll move on. To the point of, of not being able to, we can't be lopsided. I call that being, it's called having crab syndrome. How many of you ever seen a crab running? What does it do? It can only run what? Left and right. So it has no other ability. And some of us in the church, we only know how to run left and right because we're feeding on only left and right. And so we have no capacity to move forward diagonally. We just know how to do this because all we feed ourselves with is this and this and nothing else can come in because we're so narrow-minded we can look through a keyhole with both eyes. So the point of the matter is, is that is, is what I'm saying is those are important and God has raised up ministries to whom His anointing has come upon to deal with that subject. Their whole ministry has become that subject so that we can partake of it as a portion of the truth that needs to be invested in us along with other things. That is not now an entire ministry that is the fullness of Christ. There is so much more to God. Amen. Doesn't make that person less anointed. No, that's made him anointed by God to do specifically what he or she is supposed right. to do. Are you with me? Amen. So I'm not being critical of anybody's ministry that, that is involved with all that because there are some people that are anointed out there. <laughs> okay, I wanna read a portion of Scripture here. I wanna empower you. Somebody say empower. empower. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of already... Uh, Pressed for time because of food and uh, <laughs> to which I won't even participate in. Glory to God. I look at that and I say, get thee behind me in the name of Jesus. 
Praise the Lord. Uh, Romans chapter 8, if you can go there, I want to read from the Passion Translation because it says it so passionately. That's why I like the Passion Translation because it's very passionate. Uh, it says here in Romans 8 verse 14, the mature, the mature somebody say mature. mature. So we're not talking immature. Mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So the other translation will tell you, them that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The mature children of God, those who are mature, are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So for those who are not mature, they are moved by the impulses of their flesh. They are moved by the impulses of desire, self-desire. They are moved by the impulses of how can this benefit me? And it can be sold into looking spiritual. But when we operate by the impulses of the flesh, when we operate by the, by the impulses of the flesh, there is always an agenda attached to it. It's self-seeking. It's rooted in self. Come on, there's nothing that you do in the flesh that is rooted in Christ. Zero. Come on. Everything that is done in the flesh is rooted in self. That's right. And that's why we cannot be a people who are led by our emotions and feelings because your flesh will try to tell you something is spiritual when it's not because it will make you feel like, oh, this sounds wonderful. And all of a sudden you get excited and you think about the outcome, but it's rooted in self-serving. Come on. But, but the impulses, the mature sons of God are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. In other words, they are not, the, they are, they are not living a life dictated by the flesh and by the emotions that the flesh might lead them and try to deceive them. And they are led by the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And they are, even if it means it makes them uncomfortable. Come on, how many of you realise some things God asks you to do and gets you to do is going to make you feel uncomfortable sometimes. Why? Because God looks at you and He wants to stretch your container. Why does He want to? You see, how many of you realise that when you go work out, which I haven't done in a very long time, and uh, <laughs> the point is when you go work out in order to get to the next level as a bodybuilder and you're wanting to increase your muscle, some of y'all know what I'm talking about here, that sometimes you can plateau. Somebody say plateau. And so you get to the certain place where you just can advance and then they'll tell you to take, go to like a much heavier, you do less reps, but you move to a much heavier weight. And what you do is you tear the muscle. Yeah. And it stretches that muscle and then more blood flow goes into that muscle. And then all of a sudden now you break the plateau and you're able now, your body now becomes accustomed to a heavier weight. Are you with me? And so, but how many of you know that sometimes doing that and breaking that plateau and even working out period comes with a bit of pain? Especially when you do those stomach crunches, you wake up in the morning, you can't get out of bed, you say, help me Jesus. 
and uh, amen, because it's like, oh, Lord have mercy. You know what, I'm not, I'm not making this stuff up. The point of the matter is, but, but, but the outcome of that exercise is going to help you progress in whatever you're trying to attempt to progress in. Are you with me? In the Spirit, when God stretches you, the outcome, it might feel a little bit un- uncomfortable. I'm not talking about uh, uh, wrongfully uncomfortable. I'm talking about an uncomfortableness of stretching and growth and progression in the yeah. Spirit. But, but the outcome from God, God's intention isn't so that you would feel pain. He doesn't inflict pain on anybody. The point is, is that God, His desire is that He can, so that more of Him, that you would allow more of Him to be formed in your container. He is the potter, you are the clay and you let Him mould you, you let Him shape you. But His only desire is if I can just stretch this just a little bit more, stretch it here. And, 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 and the only motivation from His heart is so that more of His glory is contained or more of His glory is let out rather. How many of you realise you don't have to run around finding Jesus in this place? Amen. Say that with me. I want you to say it with your own mouth. Say, I don't have to run around trying to find Jesus. Why? Because He's on the... How much? How, how much of Jesus is living on the inside of you? So are we trying to run around to get more of Him in? But why are we running around trying to get more of them in? No, 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 no. Just, I'm just trying to get your paradigm of thinking straight here. That's all. While you're trying to get more of them in, he's on the inside screaming, let me out. You're trying to get him in. That's like, that's futility. Because if you just said with me, the fullness of Christ dwells on the inside of you, then either you really believe that or you don't. So you can get more of the one who is completely on the inside of you. He's not incompletely in the side, inside of you. He's completely on the inside of you. Somebody say completely. Somebody say completely means. Completely. Because that's what completely means. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the full spirit of acceptance enfolding you into the family of God and you will never feel orphaned for He rises up within us. Our spirits join with Him saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. And in the translation that we all know, is beho- we, 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 all, we can all cry out, Abba Father. We've received the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba Father. But look at that part there. You did not receive the spirit of religious duty. Say this with me. My walk with the Lord is not a work of performance. Say, my, my walk with the Lord is not religious duty. It's relationship. 
Thank you for saying that part too. It's relationship. And why am I saying that? Because, because God wants you to be free from religious duty. Amen. God wants you to be free from religious obligation. Amen. God wants you to be free from serving Him from the place, I must do this, I must do that, I must do, 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 do. And then we wonder why half the church in Christ is in a lot of do-do. No, no, no. Doing will lead you into that place. Amen. Your doing doesn't make you more anointed. Amen. You see, we've got to, we've got to flip the Scripture. We've got to put the, the, we've got to, the, the, course, the cart is in front. See, the gospel that we've heard for so long has, has a cart in front of the horse. Now it's time to take the cart, put the cart behind, let the horse lead, let Jesus lead. Amen. Amen. You're not anointed because you do. You do because you are anointed. I'll say that one more time. You are not anointed, more anointed and become more anointed the more you do. You are already fully anointed, therefore you do. See, the one is based on responding to Him because of what He's done for us. And the other one, while it is not verbatimly preached behind the platform, has us thinking we become more anointed based on what we do. You don't become any more anointed because of what you do. I don't care how much you fast. You can fast, you can fast so much that you have to dance around the shower to get wet. Fasting doesn't make you more anointing. Right. Anointed. If anything, fasting will help you get through all the clutter to discover everything that's already on the inside of you. Fasting will lead you into the discovery of what's appropriated and been given to you. Fasting will lead you to put Less emphasis on you and all the emphasis on Him. Religion has made it all about you and how spiritual you are. And that's why you have the anointing. And you see, the problem is this, is that the gifts and the callings are without repentance and we can flow in an anointing, but we must become, become, we, we must be very careful that we never end up preaching a gospel that says all of our spiritual disciplines is the reason for the anointing that we walk in. No, apart from your spiritual disciplines, the anointing, anointing functions and, and, and you are not, you don't engage God. You see, now you've turned this thing into how much you've got to pray, how much you've got to fast, how much you've got to do in order to carry this anointing. And the problem with that is that you're leading somebody down. Now, when's it gonna be good enough? Because the brother and the sister next to you might be doing more than you. And then all of a sudden you feel good about yourself. You walk into church, you sit next to the brother and the brother says, well, I pray six hours every day and I fast three days a week and you only do one third of what he's doing. And then all of a sudden you feel, well, I'm not good enough. He's much more anointed than me. Meanwhile, he's doing what God told him to do. And that's okay. Do only what he tells you to do. You can't make what God's leading you to do personally law for everybody else. That's right. Come on, preach it. Amen. 
I want to empower you. You are a child of God, anointed of God. You are right now, let me just go ahead. While you might look at me, maybe your eyes are a little bit dim on the subject, but let me just tell you, every one of you, as I look at you in your eyeballs, the fullness of Christ lives on the inside of you. You you are just getting a revelation. Your mind is catching up with what He did on the inside of you. You are a new creation. Come on, all things have become new. Old things have passed away. You have the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Come on, the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives and dwells on the inside of you. He's not out there, He's there on the inside. Paul said, work out, work out your salvation. What? Not work it in, work it out. Amen. Somehow we understood Paul working out our salvation as a program to work it in. Paul never said work in your salvation with fear and trembling. He said work it out. He's talking about let the lion on the inside of you begin to roar. Oh, come on, somebody. Listen, this is what the church should be hearing. Uh, uh, this is what we should, we should be empowered as a body of believers. Yeah. And by the way, as you can tell, I mean, yes, I come prepared and sometimes I hear what, what, whatever the Lord wants me to bring on a Sunday morning, but I'm very much led by the Spirit, even in the Word that I bring. Amen, that's right. And let it be understood very clearly and plainly that if you look at my notes, I have nothing but Scripture on my screen with not one note on it. Thank you, Lord. And I'm saying that for a reason is because this is coming to you by the Spirit of Revelation. This is not me coming to regurgitate some theology so I can impress your head. I'm not interested in impressing your your head and your mind. I'm not here to do that. I am here like the ministry of Jesus and the apostles when He left the earth that that, that they marveled because they recognised that they seem similar to the one that they hung around and His name was Jesus. And whenever He went, miracles happened and there was the the same life that was resident in him and on him is now resident in them and and they were living epistles they just spoke out of the overflow of the life of Christ and this is what we must understand it's not theology for the sake of theology it is the living word that is transmutable that is imparted that is not ministering to your head it is spirit to spirit to spirit to your spirit It's another language. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Bless the Lord of my soul. Turn with me to the fourth chapter of the book of Luke. Chapter 15 and verse three, today's reading will be about the wood Noah's Ark was made out of. We'll spend the next seven weeks on the subject. It's very interesting to note. Now, seriously, how's that going to help anybody? 
And then we begin to regurgitate point after point after point. And we're just filling people's heads when their hearts need to be impacted by the anointing. But oh, God is raising up a voice in this region. God is raising up a voice in this region, a people who know their God and will do mighty exploits, not because somebody preached the verse, but because the spirit of revelation is coming, the life, the substance of the anointing is coming and being deposited. It's going beyond the mind of men while it renews your mind, it's penetrating and the life of that seed of the incorruptible Word of God is beginning to produce as we begin to pour water on it and pour water on it and pour water on it. The Holy Ghost is breathing life upon that seed and and, and there's a shift coming and there is a change coming and that is exactly what we're doing here. We're not trying to be another voice and another sound. We wanna just be the sound of Him, the one who sent us so that a region might be impacted by the Holy Ghost so that, come on, are you with me? When I'm done preaching, by the time it's all said and done, the seats are empty and everybody is standing on this side. What am I talking about? This is taking you from where you are into the place of here, prophetically postured as a minister, a well-able minister of the Gospel who carries the power because the life of God, not the theology, the life of God is present on the inside of you. That's a lot of information in such a short time. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as He whispers in our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. And so while we're in this moment, of understanding that we are a child of God, understand the voice of God is whispering to you. You are His beloved child. He loves you with an everlasting love. He frees you from the shackles of never being able to measure up. Maybe your earthly father or your earthly mother, you, maybe, you were, maybe you were brought up in an environment that put you, even in your own home, you were put in an environment where you had to feel like you had to always earn and deserve and always have that approach of earning and deserving and getting that and then always seeking for the approval. I free you from that in the name of Jesus. Amen. And forgive At the same time, don't hold on to that. Don't be mad. Don't hold unforgiveness. Realise that this is a cycle that has been repeated generationally to you. You've got to be the one that cuts that thing off. You've got to make the decision to cut it off. Maybe they didn't know better. It was a place of ignorance. Forgive them. But don't now walk, continue to walk your life in Christ on a treadmill of performance because you have become so naturally prone to seeking the approval of people.
Or you look at somebody in the ministry and you say, I'll never be able to be like that because I just ne- I can't do what they can do. I mean, they're just so out of my league. They're so spiritually up there. And you have this understanding of that minister, like, you know, they permanently float on air. They're permanently floating and you will never be able to float like they float. Well, you don't. You don't live in their home. That's right. They have to change their socks. They have to change their underwear. Just the way you do. Everything's got to go through the washing machine. You know, social media is wonderful. It's fantastic, just phenomenal in that it will sell you exactly what people want you to see. Meantime, it's like a complete charade. It's a facade. It's not reality. It's putting your best foot forward permanently all the time. Everybody will look good if you can do that. Take, give me any one of you and I will make you look like you come out of Hollywood. No, no, no. Look, we can market you. We can do it because that's what social media can do for you. I'm just saying. So the point is, I'm not saying that they're not anointed, but get out of the mindset that they float on clouds. And I'm not saying this, there's no dishonour for that. I'm not saying dishonour. I'm trying to say you have measured your capacity based on a perception of somebody floating in the air and you are now, you don't feel worthy. You don't feel approved enough because you measure yourself by your shortcomings and God doesn't look at you that way. In fact, the Bible says when you became a new creation, in fact, just before it says, because we have become new creations, it says before, that it says, no, no, no man after the flesh. Amen. That's right. And so, so knowing no man after the flesh means I look at you according to the, in other words, what that means is I look at you and I see the way Jesus made you to be. Some people are like professional sniffers. I think it's a White House anointing. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, all right, no, I'm just, I'll take that back. I'm sorry, I just have a sense of humour and I, listen. You know, let me just say this. You know, comedy is not even funny anymore because people just can't say things because everything has just got to be politically correct. So, so the point is some people do the opposite of that scripture. No, no man after the flesh. I should be looking at you the way Jesus sees you. Come on. But others feel like it's a spiritual gift to discern your shortcomings. Jesus doesn't say that. It's not a spiritual gift to try to discern people's shortcomings because while you're trying to discern theirs, how about somebody else discern yours? Because by the same measure you judge, you are being judged right back. The same grace that they need is the same grace you need. 
No, no man after the flesh. That's right. So I'm able to prophesy. And I won't, I won't, I'm not prophesying to you because, because I feel like there's a problem. I, I won't prophesy to you because I'm looking and I'm trying to read you. I will prophesy what the Word, what God That's says right. to prophesy. Amen. And I will speak concerning that person, what the Lord says about them and how He sees them. I come in line. I have no desire to look and and try to seek out or discern what's wrong with you. I've got to see what's right with you. And what's right with you is the righteousness of God inside of you that He looks at you by. And therefore, I will not measure you by the standards of a man. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know you guys look much more excited than what you look right now. I'm just telling you, prophetically speaking here, I just feel like the Lord, you know, I gave that word to you on on Thursday night. There's a change of seasons. There's a new wineskin. I feel the Lord is speaking to many of you in this room. That same word, God says to all of you, you are now entering into a place. God says the old garment, the old garment, and this is not the the new creation garment. The old garment of religion is falling off of you. You are shedding it like a skin, like a snake will shed a skin. And God says, you're about to put on the brand new garment that was always designed for you. A, a, a garment that is a garment that is no longer you are a garment of confidence in the one who called you a garment that says I am because of him I am because he is are you with me I am not because of anything I can do from God already anointed you not based on what you could do for him he anointed you therefore you begin to live out this calling to him from a response to his goodness because you didn't deserve any of it and and you are just so in love with them because how can anybody love me this much? And you're gonna wear that garment no longer postured in the old way of religious thinking, but in the new way of a relationship with a spirit-filled life. Oh, come on somebody. Oh, come on somebody. Somebody say this with me, I am a child of God. Come on, say that. I God, Say God is given me the coat of many colours and I won't apologise for it. I will wear my coat of many colours and I will be who God wants me to be. All right, now I'm gonna say one more thing and then we'll move on. You know, people, when, the, when people come through the doors here, <laughs> we look at nobody and go, I wonder what they can do for us. Amen. Oh, yay, more people that we can use. We, it, it does not even compute. Amen. It does not even, it's not part of our thought process. That's right. In fact, we want you to come in and sit down and let Jesus grab you by the ankles and turn you upside down, shake you a little bit. And before He turns you upside down, He removes the top of your head here and then He turns you upside down and shakes everything out. 
so, so there is an anointing here that is that deconstruct to reconstruct. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Break down to the foundation to rebuild, but now build on the right foundation. Where your serving is not so that you can try and earn and deserve a position and climb up the church corporate ladder. We don't do that here. Amen. We're not looking for you to, ch- to, to try and impress. No, 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 please only impress Him. And, and by the way, He's already impressed. You do because you, you're so impressed with Him. All you wanna do is impress Him back and say, thank you, Jesus, I love you. I, I live, come on, are you with me? You, you understand, let me just, and this is it. This is the same point. I'm just, it's the same revelation. Jesus never came to be served, but to serve and give His life as a ransom for many. Amen. Wait now. Most of the churches got stuck on the revelation of servanthood from the place of law and legalism outside of the understanding of revelation and sonship. If you don't have the revelation of sonship, you are serving on the treadmill of performance. If you have the revelation of being a son and a child of God, your serving is no longer rooted in uh, uh, the mentality of being a hireling. A hireling is only there to do as much as is needed to get an outcome that it requires. Are you with me? So, so how does Jesus become uh, somebody who didn't come to, to be served, but to serve? Understand, what was the first relationship between him and his father? He was the father and he is the? Son. He is the father and he is the? Son. Son. So Jesus' primary relationship to his father was being a? Son. son. So do we think servanthood that flowed from Jesus was, not, was, was an overflow of being a? Son. It's the same thing for us. Servanthood is an outward flow of being a? Or a daughter. What does that mean? We don't serve to become a son. We serve because we are sons and we are daughters. Amen. That's right. And until that revelation comes, let him, let him just, let him just love you. Just sit down. Can you just let him? Sometimes we feel like, you know, we have to do. God actually is very much for you just sitting down and letting him love you. Amen. Because I guarantee you, if you will let him love you and love you and love you and love you, there will be no doubt in my mind that there's gonna be a response. What can I do? How can I, how can I, how can, and it's all gonna be from response. It's not gonna be rooted in a, in a lack of confidence. He loves me, He loves me not. He loves me, He loves me not. He loves you, period, permanently, all the time, never changes His mind and His affection towards you. Can somebody say hallelujah? hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Well, be blessed in the name of Jesus. I just really quickly, because we're doing uh, our fellowship Sunday, just so that you know, we're gonna take a quick moment just to make you aware, our offering basket that usually stands under the thermostat to my 
right your left is now by the men's bathroom side over there. There are envelopes there. If you are writing out checks, make them out to DRM or Destiny Revival Ministries. Um, or you can give online at www.destinyrevivalministries.com for those of you that are watching online. Click on the, what is it called again? Your support. I should know a little bit more about this. Keep on forgetting. Click on the Your Support button. There'll be a drop down where you can give safety and security. And then lastly, if you have your cell phone, you can go ahead and text the word GIVE to 337 That's 337 Text the word GIVE to that number. It will text you back with a link where you can give safely and securely. That's it. God bless you. Give as the Lord leads you to. And if you love Jesus, can we shout one more time? Amen. Amen. All right. Father, we thank You. By the way, we don't, like some of you guys are saying, well, when's He gonna pray to end this thing? Do we have to pray to end the thing? No, because you know why I say that? There is no amen at the end of the book of Acts. We're still in the book of Acts, amen? But, but for Your sake, so that You might not be offended, in Jesus' Name, go in the power of the Spirit and be blessed in Your coming and Your going. May the Lord's face shine upon you. May His blessing overwhelm you. May no sickness and disease come near you in Jesus' Name. That any attempts of the enemy to rob, to kill and to destroy shall amount to nothing in the mighty Name of Jesus. That the hosts of heavenly angels are commissioned even now to encamp around you, protect you in all of your ways. Even as He has brought you this far, so shall He carry you to the end of your race in the mighty Name of Jesus. The race, the grace for your race and you will find your place and it's gonna be incredible in Jesus' mighty Name. Hallelujah. But just do it at His pace in Jesus' Name. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you.